I'm Christine Blanchet and welcome to the Closing Act and Music and Entertainment Program. And I'm so excited to have back on the show Wesley McKennis, known as a stage name as Wes Mack. He's a Canadian multi-talented singer-songwriter, actor, director, producer, writer, and he's here to talk about his latest projects. And welcome, welcome Wes. Thanks so much for having me back. I very much appreciate it. Yes, well, congratulations on your recent album called Hummingbird, right? And that's your third album. Yeah, yeah. Just got that out uh, less than a week ago now. It's kind of crazy. It's uh, four years in the making, and now it's everywhere. Yes, and was this, um, did you start working on it before the pandemic? Yeah, just narrowly. I uh, I started work on this in probably the first week of March 2020. And things seemed like they were normal for, you know, 10 or 12 days of that. And then obviously everybody knows <laughs> how that one goes. Uh, <laughs> yeah, and it changed. I mean, it changed everything in my life, changed everything in everybody's lives. But it certainly changed the trajectory of this album, my plans to record it, traveling to different cities, writing with different people, and it all became um zoom sessions and FaceTime, facetimes and a lot of producing things myself and just sharing files from you know city to city and uh yeah kind of reworked the entire workflow of uh of making music and like which was initially kind of uncomfortable and by the end was something i really enjoyed yes and it's you know a new way of uh, you know, to doing it now, right? Because, you know, you can do so much online right now. And, and so it's, it's, it's really, a, a, you, you know, a way of doing, making music and, and doing FaceTime, as you said. And, um, but I, I have to tell you, I love the artwork. I mean, and it's just so beautiful by Phil Crosner. Is that correct? So, so Phil did the photography of, that is it's in the artwork, and then and then my friend Cal Bottoms, who I've been working with, I've known him since we were five. Uh, we've been friends like for most of oh. our lives, and he's done all of the. He's been on board for like website and graphics and that and branding from the very beginning of my of my music career more than ten years ago, and so we kind of worked together on a bunch of things. Uh, but on, I will say like Hummingbird is very much like his baby. That cover I sent him some. I think I sent him some like spec art of it with like a similar sort of painting vibe behind it in the photo. And I was like, I kind of want something like this, but he really knocked it out of the park and like created that, the piece that looks like a real, like that I'm sort of painted into the painting. Um, yeah, I, I, it's one of my favorite pieces of art that I've, I've gotten to have for, for any of my music. And he just did a wonderful job. And, and Phil is a tremendous photographer out of Calgary who I've shot with many, many times over the years. And he, you know, he always makes me look better than I do. So uh, uh, great, you know, great work on, on both their parts, both Calgary guys. Yes, no, it's uh, so, uh, it's so colorful and it's, uh, I just, you know, as I said, I love it. So um, I also like the title, like Hummingbird. Yeah, how did you come up with the title? Yeah, it's kind of a combo of, of, of factors came together for that. So the studio, it, my my studio in Vancouver, where a lot of the record came together, um, 
my girlfriend had put out like a, a hummingbird, not like a feeder, but like um, it had like like a syrup, sort of like a, like a water and sugar kind of solution. In it. Like mm-hmm. the, the, these humming, these these red hummingbird feeders you'll see. And so we had uh, a hummingbird very frequently, usually every single day, would come and visit us and hang out there. And to the point where it, it got very comfortable, like we could be standing out there beside it, and it would hang out. And they, they're very curious birds. You know, they hover right in front of you and kind of stare at you and assess, like, okay, well, you're not sugar water, so I'm not interested in you. But I'm gonna, uh, it, it would come by every day, and. And that was uh, always, especially during the height of the pandemic, that was a very, like, it interrupted the monotony in any given moment. We would stop and we'd look. And so when I was I was thinking about, you know, album titles at some point a couple of years ago, and, and my girlfriend suggested, she's like, well, you know, the hummingbird is the only bird that can, can fly forward and backward. Um, and there was something about that that really, mm-hmm. like, stuck with me. I was like, oh, that's neat because I feel like this album for me and much of the world, there's been a lot of going backward and forward and backward and forward and going backward in order to change your plans and figure out how to proceed forward. And there's some sort of metaphor baked into that that I like. So that being one aspect of the hummingbird, but also as something that like pretty universally is this sort of, I don't know, mesmerizing, uh, um, shimmering magical seeming bird that typically whenever a hummingbird comes by it will put a stop mm-hmm. to to most people you'll want to stop and look at it because you might have a few seconds to and then yes. it's gone uh and so all, all of that felt um yes. appropriate to me on and you know appeals to my sort of <laughs> pretentious sense of 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 making this kind of stuff and felt like you know synonymous with the journey of it and because we had an actual physical hummingbird almost every day outside the window when I would have been working on this. So that was, uh, that's where the name came from. Yeah. So I, I heard it's a good sign too, right? It's just, it's magical and it's, it's yeah. so fast. Like you see it and it's gone. Yeah. That's the thing. They're very, um, yeah, they're just, they're a very captivating thing. I, I feel very lucky. Any, any day I get to see a hummingbird. I mean, I got really into hanging out with birds in general through the, uh, through the pandemic, yeah. I, which I, I spent a lot of time mm-hmm. over there's a duck pond near where we lived. Uh, and I'd go literally just hang out, bring a laptop, bring a book, get some work done, stay there for a few hours. And after weeks of doing this, again, this was during the lockdowns, um, a lot of the ducks would come and like, they would sleep like right underneath the bench that I was sitting on and like at my feet. Yeah. And I think that was largely that they wouldn't be harassed by like dogs in the park or anything if, if I was there. Um, so I, I don't know. I like to think they, they felt comfortable with me, but by the end of it, I, I could get it. There was a blackbird I could get to land on my hand periodically as well. So it was right at a home alone two of the, uh, the bird lady. <laughs> so, so a hummingbird, uh, well, those ones, you know, the, the were, were different birds down there at the park. It still felt like it kind of encapsulated that moment in my life. Mm-hmm. You know, so on the, al- there's, there are six songs, correct? On the, on the album yeah there's there's six of like sort of main tracks and then i added two like bonus tracks to to what is the digital release of it and it's just it's an alternate version of looking for you and the demo version of a song called inka you yes yes and i wanted to also congratulate you on your new single that's my country yeah thank you it's yeah everybody knows my name like uh (laughs) it was filmed filmed in Calgary, correct? Is that? 
the uh, the music video. Um, we shot yes. some of the actual like full video. So it's kind of two two part answer to this. We shot a bunch of the promo stuff out near my cabin, which is like where I oh, sort of made yes. the other half of this record and and where I spent a lot of the pandemic. Um, it's quite secluded. It's 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 like nearish to Calgary. Um, but uh, some of it was there, but then the actual music video was shot on Super 8 film, which I'd never done before. And so that video hasn't come out yet. Uh, I just mailed a bunch of the film off to Toronto to get processed. So it's kind of this odd pr thing in that, like in the year of, you know, everyone having a phone on their, uh, like, a, like, sorry, a camera on their phone. Um, you can immediately, you know, look at anything you shoot and see if you like it or not. And that's the case on every, you know, movie I've ever worked on. Uh, but this shooting it on film, there's kind of no way to review any of it. So we shot for a, over the course of a few months, just sort of following along through life. It's way more of like a lifestyle kind of piece. Um, and then, yeah, I'll find out in a few weeks here what any of it actually looks like when they develop it. Yes. And, you know, Wes, what was the inspiration behind that song? For That's My Country? Um, I mean, a lot of it was just being out at my cabin through a lot of this pandemic. Uh, you know, for me, that song is really specifically about that. The opening four lines mm -hmm. are, um, when I feel too far gone, I put on a song, something about Alan Jackson, he just gets me. And that was something very real I would do anytime I was driving up to my cabin. And I have a Alan Jackson's greatest hit CD I'd throw in my truck and listen to it. Um, and it just usually would help kind of, it was like a brain palate cleanser to, to go and get out of whatever I was doing and, and move into like a different headspace. Um, so a lot of the song was just about that, like sort of special place for me that is like a grounding yes. anchor in life. Uh, and so, you know, I, I feel like it, while it's specific for me, the way it's written, it kind of cuts that for anyone listening to that, I feel like most people have some kind of place that holds some value in their life, you know, be it a place from their childhood or, or, or whatever, wherever, uh, that, that gives them some kind of peace of mind. And that's kind of what that song dives into. Yes. And, and your cabin is, um, I would, uh, your favorite place for you for inspiration to write and to film. And it's, it's just, a you know, your sanctuary. Yeah, I mean, you know, it's funny. I started to write more here. I I historically didn't write much here. I kind of use it as a break from all of it. it you know, I, I often find I actually write mm -hmm. the best when I'm in like a more chaotic state, when I'm busy. That's, I find there's something that when your active sort of conscious mind is occupied, your subconscious mind is able to do more, is almost able to be more effective creatively. But um, over the course of like pandemic time, uh, I feel like I've gotten uh, yeah, a, a lot more writing done here and gotten to do a bunch of sort of deeper introspective stuff. But I mean, yeah, more, more than anything for me, it is that kind of just uh, escape from the, the noise. Uh, and that's, that's always what this place has been for me. Yeah, it's wonderful, you know. You also you have a lot going on. You have a lead role in a Christmas film called Kate Holly, and you play Luke, country music musician. Sorry, um, yeah. and you also perform your original and classic music songs. <laughs> that's wonderful. Yeah, yeah, that's all correct. Uh, Kate Holly Christmas <laughs> will come out. Uh, I think 
well, yeah, that's a stupid answer. I'm It'll come out in December, yes. uh, uh, around Christmas. Um, yeah, we got to shoot it in Alberta in March. So it was actually authentically very cold. Uh, we were shooting up in like near Leduc, um, which against my home province. And which in some ways is nice because, you know, it, it feels a little more authentic than when you're wearing a, a parka in the middle of the summer. But yeah, it, it was a lot of fun. You get to make something that is... I think the value of some of those kind of Christmas movies more than anything is like, I've realized over the last few years that a lot of people maybe don't get to have the exact kind of Christmas they want be that maybe the pandemic kept them from family. Uh, maybe beyond pandemic, it's just life is complicated and sometimes you don't get to exactly live the, uh, the, the, the fantasy Christmas out that you want, but it maybe holds a special piece to you because of your past, your childhood, whatever. I sometimes feel like those kind of, um, warm hug kind of Christmas movies are of a lot of value to people who then for 90 minutes or so can turn that on and have access to that kind of just safe feeling of, of, uh, of Christmas. And so that, that was kind of the movie we made, you know, there's a bake off in it. It's very like wholesome and family friendly and, you know, a lot of fun to make super, super chill cast of people we just had a lot of fun on it and again me playing a, a country singer in it it's uh not a far cry from myself so uh yeah i just get to roll in and, and kind of get to relive christmas in the middle of the year yeah well, that's great and you're also in a transplant it's a tv series correct um yeah tell us yeah, about that a, yeah it's a ctv nbc show when, as of when we're taping this right now, the new episode that I'm in comes out in two days. Um, so I'll be out October 27th. Um, yeah, and it's I, I play Dr. Ryan Ashcroft. I, I got some jokes from, from family members saying, oh, you finally went to med school. Um, I... Uh, <laughs> yeah, it, it, was, it was a lot of fun to get to work on. We shot that out in Montreal. And, and a really neat thing is that they bring in, like actual doctors and nurses to give you some sort of counsel on how to do the medical aspects of the job, which for me is always is, is a fun aspect of acting and that you get supplied or have to pick up, you know, interesting skills along the way, because, you know, for the audition for that, I remember, it, you know, we need, I need to be performing a, you know, surgery and I'm obviously just doing this in my room at home. Um, you know, I, I think I took a, a piece of paper and I took six paper clips and I would clip them on and off to the paper. I'd do this out of frame and then I'd take them off. And and that with that, you know, and then you play out the scene and there's dialogue to it and you drop in the emotionality of, of all that, but it gives you something real to be doing with your hands, uh, which I find is often extremely helpful in any acting situation. But you don't wanna be doing that obviously on the day of, you know, when they have a camera and they're filming you. So I was, I was pleasantly surprised that when we got to set uh, or in advance of, of being there, they, they had like an actual medical rehearsal day and they sent us a bunch of information on the procedures that we'd be performing on the show. And they, they just, they handle it very well. And you as an actor feel really supported because the last thing I want to do is uh, uh, make a mockery of anyone's profession and, and do a bad job executing it on there. So they 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 support mm -hmm. you well and give you the tools to to feel confident enough to do a very narrow slice of being a doctor like i felt competent in my one task that i had to be doing in this uh particular surgery so it was it was a fun <laughs> one to get to work on wow so yeah so october 27 correct yes okay yeah. i mean wes what is next for you 
<laughs> question. Um, I, I'm, I've been working already for most of this year on my next album. That'll be my fourth album. I usually kind of, there's usually some crossover like that. So that's a bunch of it. Um, a lot of acting is obviously stopped right now because of the strike, um, which again, I think is, is a, so is a great thing that they're, you know, I'm, I'm glad the strike is happening. It's obviously extremely challenging because when you look at the, the, film industry and that you you know the often the the people you think of are the really famous actors at the top but at the end of the day it actually ends up being a far more like blue collar industry when you look at the all the people working in crews and and honestly most most of the actors who are day playing or, or doing smaller guest appearances so it's a, it's a really challenging time but I, I think it's an important um bunch of issues being tackled of like every time technology changes there's huge seismic shifts that end up happening in the royalty rates that people receive. So all of that needs to be addressed. And then the role of AI as that emerges. Um, I mean, even in the last year, we've seen so much of how that just changes your experience on the internet and on social media, and that's hugely impacting the film industry. So uh, all those issues are really important to be sorting out. So for the moment, I'm happy to be um, on the sidelines, you know, uh, in, you know, waiting that out and, and, and hoping that all gets resolved properly. Mm -hmm. Um, I have a lot to, you know, to be working on musically. Um, and I, I, a handful of other like film projects of my own that require like development time and writing time. So usually it, it I don't know, I, I, if anything, I'm usually just looking for times to find rest <laughs> in the middle uh, of all of it. So, um, yeah, a lot of that's just like right now is me having these couple of projects out and having the album out and supporting that. And, again, I'm as, as of like a day from now starting to work further on a bunch of the stuff for the next album. So I'll be, uh, I'll be <laughs> picking away at it and trying to fit a nap in there from time to time. Yeah. So to check out your music, where can, where can people go? They can find me on any streaming platform. If you look up West Mac, you will probably eventually find some of my stuff on Spotify, Apple Music, Amazon Music. I, I should be, unless there's been some calamity sort of error, I should be everywhere. Um, yeah, and then you can find me on social media of at West Mac Music on any platform that you're on. Uh, and then my website is westmacmusic.com and that'll mainly just redirect you to my socials where I'm a lot more active. Wes, thank you so much for your time today. And I would love for you to come back. That sounds great. I really appreciate you having me on the show. Yeah, so it was fun. Thank you so much, Wes. Yeah, no, seriously. It's always always great. Uh, you put together a great and, bunch of questions and conversation. And, and uh, yeah, thanks for having me on. Welcome to The Closing Act. I'm Christine Blanchette. And today I have very, two very special guests. Deborah or Deb Wainwright, who is an award-winning writer, director, and producer, and accomplished producer and executive producer, is Lori Case. And they're here today to talk about their documentary, Doppelganger, which I am really fascinated face-to-face. -face. Welcome. Welcome to the show. Thank you. Thank you. Thank you so much. Yeah. Yeah, you have such a tremendous background. And is there anything I missed? <laughs> <laughs> I don't think so. <laughs> no, but I'm really excited and congratulations on your documentary. And what, um, for those who may not know, what is Doppelganger? 
Want me to take this one, Lori? Go for it. Well, <clears throat> a doppelganger is um it's actually a German word. It's a it's an old um word word that was used a lot in literary circles and it means your second self or your double um it's in in the in the past it was a bad omen if you saw your doppelganger it meant that you might be having a psychotic breakdown or something bad was happening your death was inevitable um mm -hmm. And uh, yeah, so it, it started off in literature. And then eventually we've sort of changed the topic. We've made doppelganger, uh, we, humanity, has, have made doppelganger more just someone who looks just like you. Um, not necessarily you're seeing, you're out of body seeing yourself. You're seeing someone who looks remarkably like you, but is not at all related to you. Um, and that's, that's, I think, what has everyone so interested in doppelgangers these days. I mean, it's so fascinating, you know, that there's someone else there who looks like you. And could it be like 10 people? <laughs> yeah, I mean, there's a, there's a thought of they, whoever they are, say there could be as many as, as, you know, five or seven people on the planet who look just like us. And if you think about it, it it's sort of... Um, there's only so much DNA to go around. There's only so much genetic material to go around. And so if you shuffle it up and, and dole it out, eventually you're going to get matches. That's basically the, that's my, my uh, biological, my, my scientific <laughs> explanation for how it happens. But my, uh, my, my education is not in that area. <laughs> so don't take my word for it. No, but it's like based on a, I understand a 22 study and, and, and was that the inspiration behind, um, for the documentary? Yeah. Yeah. Back in 2022, there, there was a, a group of researchers in Spain who actually work at a, a cancer research center. Um, and they had done a, a research study with, um, lookalikes, unrelated lookalikes, because they were interested to see what can they learn medically what what can help us in our understanding of medical conditions by understanding people who look alike but are not um physically are not related biologically related um and they did find some similarities in some dna matches um but it, it was a, an incredibly small group uh study in terms of academic rigor um you know i think they only had 35 people so, or 32 people, 16 pairs. So not a, a huge group, but enough to make the, um, the scientists say, hmm, there's something to, to learn here. And that study itself caught the attention of a lot of people. It caught the attention of newspapers all over the world. It was, you know, they were interviewed on CNN. They were interviewed in BBC, CBC, and, um, it was in people's Facebook feeds. It was just everywhere. And Lori and I started to think, well, why? Why, is, why this little study? Why is it, you know, raised the attention of so many people? What's going on there? I remember so clearly it being in my feed and I was just immediately triggered. You know, I want to go look. I'm studying faces and I had never thought about it before either. Like, what is that? That's so interesting. It doesn't necessarily mean that's what I was searching for, but there was something really fascinating about that, like just studying it and understanding what, what might bring them together. Because, you know, there was some images of doppelganger pairs together and you do want to mm -hmm. study it. You do want to mm -hmm. look at it. You do want to understand, well, how did they even find each other? 
So and you kind of want to make the judgment, right? You kind of want to say they don't look that similar, or holy moly, they look yeah. so similar. You, you want to make the judgment for yourself, <laughs> so you can't help but click. Yes, I mean, and what was the process like? Like, uh, you know, how did you? Was it two years? Like, how? Tell yeah. us. Two hmm. years? That'd been great. That would have been fabulous. <laughs> <laughs> uh i think we uh we got our green light in december or january and we're airing tomorrow so it, oh, was, uh, it was a pretty quick process for us but um yeah we had an amazing team and um our one of our co-producers uh who's not here today was really instrumental in helping us with sort of the search you know because how do you find them? You know, there's there's lots of people searching, but then you know you're looking for the other half of it, and so we um, we we tried multiple different avenues, but in the end, we found three pairs that were just it was just like it was meant to be. Like the three pairs that we ended up with in the film are a really great kind of diverse representation of who's searching and why. Mm -hmm. I mean, how does it make you feel like, you know, you're connecting people like they're not related, but they look the same. And, you know, and my second question is, was there any surprises? Like, wow, I didn't know this because there's a lot of research um, involved. <laughs> yeah, I mean, I think I was surprised to see how many people are out there searching. Um, there's there are websites out there. Millions, millions of people are out there searching. Um, and what we did was, um, well, we it was our co-producer who who really sort of dug down deep. She found people who had sort of discovered that there's someone else out there, but they hadn't yet met. Um, and so we had the lovely opportunity to bring these people face to face and and see what happens. So I think um, that was such a it was a happy thing to be able to do. They were all very excited and and a little bit nervous about about doing that um, because they had to all travel to meet their person because the person could be anywhere in the world. Um, and so that was fun and delightful. And um, I think the other thing that surprised us was, and I think it surprised some of our seekers too, that they had sort of, um, they thought of it as a lark. Oh, I'm just gonna go and see if there's anyone who looks like me. But when they drilled down, when they thought about it a little more deeply, they discovered that there was something missing, a human sized hole in their life that they were, we're trying mm -hmm. to film. Mm -hmm. Yes. Yeah, it was much more emotional in the end than any of us predicted. I think that was the big, the sort of most surprising piece for me that we, you know, thought we were looking at this this um, phenomenon in a way that was just interesting and intriguing, but it ended up being so genuine. These connections were so genuine and um, and emotional. And that was surprising for the seekers too. Surprising mm -hmm. to us, but surprising for them. Mm -hmm. When you say genuine, it's like you, it makes you want to find, <laughs> find that person that looks like you. So mm -hmm. I, I would think that the next question I have is what do you want people to take away from the documentary? Oh, that's a really good question, and I don't think I've thought that through. <laughs> yeah, I, I did think about that this morning. Like, it just feels like the kind of thing we need to see right now. You know, there's there's just a lot going on in the world. Um, there's a lot of negativity, obviously, a lot of division, and we do kind of get into that a little bit in the film.